This podcast is dedicated for a Fua Shalema to my dear friend Hanalea Bat Estasara. Tshuva, reuniting with our source. Rabbi Avham Itzhak Kuk, the first chief rabbi of Palestine and a great Kabbalist, writes in his work Orota Tshuva, the lights of Tshuva, as follows. The streams of Tshuva, returning, both the individual and the general, rush along. They are like waves of flames on the surface of the sun, which in an unceasing struggle burst forth and go up and give life to the multitude of worlds and to uncountable creatures. One is powerless to absorb the immense multitude of colours that emanate from this great sun which gives light to all the worlds. The sun of Chuva. The colours are so many, they come with such mighty sweep, with such wondrous speed. They come from the source of life itself, of which time is only a very limited expression of God's providence. The individual soul, the communal soul, the soul of all the worlds, is like an awesome lioness crying out in her birth pangs for the complete rectification for the ideal reality. We feel the pains and they soften us and as salt softens the meat, these pains soften all our bitterness. Through words alone, it is impossible for us to express this thought that spans the firmaments. We will place all things in the context of divine unity. We will invoke the mystical meanings of the names of God. In the vowel, which is the new heaven and the new earth and all that fulfills them. Through the letter, through which worlds are revealed. Through the words, which hint at thousands of worlds, which include millions of creatures, tranquil and happy, filled with divine pleasantness, filled with peace and truth, and the soul becomes more rectified. Through tshuva, everything returns to godliness. The reality of the power of tshuva that rules over all the worlds returns and reconnects all things in the perfect divine reality. And all the ideas of tshuva, its concepts and feelings, all its thoughts and ideas that it engenders, the basic character of all our feeling is transformed and once again fixed in their essence within the divine holiness. This incredible piece of writing describes the essence of Chuva as being the divine gift of being able to reunite with our source. This idea of Chuva is embodied in the Torah. The children of Israel received the Ten Commandments from God on Mount Sinai when God came down on the mountain on the festival of Shavuot, the sixth day of Sivan. On the following day, Moses went up the mountain and for the next 40 days received the Torah, culminating with God writing the two tablets of stone. He came down the mountain on the 17th of Tammuz, but this was the day of the sin of the golden calf. He broke these two tablets of stone and punished the evildoers. The following day, Moses again went up onto the mountain, this time pleading with God to accept the children of Israel's remorse. Finally, 
he received the pardon that they so badly needed and came down again from the mountain on the day before Rosh Chodesh Elul. When God said, fashion for yourself two new tablets of stone. On the first day of Elul, he again ascended the mountain and stayed there for a further 40 days, again receiving the Torah and descending on Yom Kippur with the second tablets of stone. The sages teach that just as the first period of 40 days was in God's favour, so is the last period of 40 days. Yet this last period of 40 days are the days which throughout history have been specially designated for us to do tshuva. We need to ask what this last period of 40 days is about. The pardon for the sin of the golden calf had already been attained. Why do we need another additional 40 days of tshuva? And the sages teach us that these are days of conciliation and love. When we have the opportunity to return in our relationship with God to the same level as if we had never left his presence. This idea of coming back to God, whole, returning to our source, being reunited with his goodness within ourselves and as part of the wholeness is an incredible gift of rebirth and leads us to the tremendous motivation to actually do the work of tshuva. Rabbi Baruch Ashlag writes on this theme in a similar way in the following article. The scripture says, Return, O Israel, unto the Lord your God. In Hosea chapter 14. From here it means that the measure of tshuva, which means returning, needs to be unto the Lord your God. What does it mean to return unto the Lord your God? What does it mean that a person goes forth from his place and then the sages tell him he needs to return to his place from where he came, which is the meaning of tshuva. What is the place that he came from that he needs to go back to? It is known from what the Kabbalists have taught us, that the soul of the human being is part of God above, as it says in the introduction to the Zohar. The Kabbalists have said that the soul of the human is part of God, in the sense that there is no difference between God and the soul, except that God is the whole and the soul apart. The Kabbalists compare this to a stone quarried from a mountain. There is no difference between the stone and the mountain, except the mountain is the whole and the stone is apart. If we look at this example, we can see that the stone is split off from the mountain by a blade specific for this purpose, and which separates the part from the whole. But how can we conceive this as pertaining to God? That he could separate off a part of his essence to the extent that it would leave his essence and become a part separated from him? How can we conceive of the soul as being only a part of God's essence? By what instrument could the souls become separated from him and leave the state of being included within the Creator in order to become the created? Just as a metal instrument cuts and divides a physical object 
splitting it into two, so in spirituality it is difference of form that divides one entity into two. For example, when two people love each other, we may say of them that they cleave to each other as if they were only one body. The opposite is also true. When two people hate each other, they are as far from each other as the East is from the West. We are not discussing their geographical locality. What we are looking at is whether they embody affinity of form. When a person enjoys affinity of form with his or her friend, each one likes what the other one likes and dislikes what his or her friend dislikes. They love each other and are as one with each other. If, however, there is any difference of form between them, for example, if one loves something even though the friend hates it, then according to the degree of this difference of form they are removed from each other. Opposition of form occurs when everything that the one loves the other one hates and vice versa. Then they are as far away from each other as the east is from the west at two opposite poles. Difference of form separates spiritual entities in the same way that a blade separates objects of the physical world, the degree of separation being given by the degree of opposition of form. The souls have, innately, the will to receive God's pleasure, which does not exist within God, the Creator. And it is this change of form that acts to separate the souls from his essence, in a way similar to that of the blade that splits the stone from the mountain. It was through this change of form that the souls emerged from the totality of the Creator and became differentiated from him, thus becoming created beings. The only difference that exists between the souls and God's essence is that the souls form a portion of the essence of the One. The worlds unfold until we arrive at the reality of this material world where body and soul exist, and likewise a time of spoiling and a time of healing. Our body, which is formed from the will to receive for itself alone, comes forth from its root within the purpose of creation, but it passes via the framework of the worlds of uncleanness, as the scripture says, a man is born like a wild donkey. It remains subject to this framework until a person reaches 13 years of age. This period is designated as the time of spoiling. Then from the age of 13 onwards, through performing mitzvot, which are prescribed acts in accordance with Jewish law, which he does in order to give benefit to others and pleasure to the Creator, the person begins to purify the will to receive oneself that is inherent within him. The person gradually transforms the will to receive oneself alone into a will to give benefit. Through the practice of Torah mitzvot, the will to receive is eventually transformed into the will to give. Then the souls are able to receive all the good that is implicit in the thought of creation. With this, they merit to a wondrous unity with God, since they have earned affinity of form with their Creator through their work in Torah mitzvot. This state is designated as the end of the healing process. From what we have said, it follows that all we have to do in this world is to correct ourselves and make ourselves fit so we may receive all the good and the joy that is contained in the purpose of creation, for this is his will that we should do so.
we see that through the fact that a person is created with the will to receive himself alone, that is in opposition of form from the Creator, it is designated that he has left his place. He has left his root. Because the soul is part of God above, but it has become distant from him because of the change of form with respect to the Creator. The soul came down into this world to be clothed in the body. In this world, there is a time of spoiling and a time of tikkun. So that through the Torah mitzvot, we may do tikkun on what we have spoiled. The spoiling consists of using our will to receive ourselves alone, and it distances us from the Creator. So when we occupy ourselves with the Torah mitzvot, so that we should acquire the attribute that all our deeds should be undertaken for the sake of giving, which gives us affinity of form with the Creator, we can rectify that which we've spoiled. And here is the answer to our question. What is the place that the person left to which we say he needs to return? And this is designated as tshuva. We can say that since the soul is part of God above and it has become distanced from him, becoming a part and not a whole, all this happened because of our change of form. And when we correct it with the power of Torah mitzvot, undertaken with the intention of doing benefit to our fellow man or to others, then again we are joined with God. And this is designated as Dveikut with the Creator, union with the Creator. So we see that a person needs to know what is the measure that he needs to work to, to come to Tshuva. And on this the answer is given, Return, O Israel, unto the Lord your God. Your God, in the singular. The will to receive in a person causes him to have two domains within himself, the soul and the ego, the Yetzirah Tov and the Yetzirah And it is this which distances the person from the Creator. When he corrects himself and undertakes that all his acts shall only be for the sake of giving to God and to his fellow man, in that way he can come to Tveikut, which is unity, and he's united in himself as well. It is the will to receive ourselves alone that splits us and distances us from our source. And when we come back to our source, we are unified, as there is now nothing that separates us from the Creator. This is designated as Tshuva, when we come back to our consciousness as it was before the creation, when the soul was included in God as a whole. And now again we are one. This is Tshuva. The scripture is thus teaching us, Return, O Israel, unto the Lord your God. We should not deceive ourselves and say, I can't see any sin in myself, but I'll do Tshuva just in case. So the scripture tells us, Return, O Israel. And if you were to ask, Until what point? The answer is, Unto the Lord your God. For if we are to look inside ourselves and see that we still have two domains, then we are still looking for God to fulfill our needs for our will to receive ourselves alone. And then we know with certainty that we're not there yet. We've still got a way to go. We're still separated from the whole. And then we need to do all the actions that we can in our power, our thoughts, 
clarify our thoughts, clarify our deeds, to return to our source and to our root, who is the Lord your God. For there is no other domain than his. And this is what the prophet Zechariah says, On that day will the Lord be one, and his name one. This audio recording is brought to you from Nahorah School, established by Yadida Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Yehudalev Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Nahorah School online. Details at www.nahorahschool.com or www.nahorahpress.com.